This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I'm Kara Shamborski, this week joined by the reincarnated manager of the notorious Black Sox, Renee Rodriguez. I don't think I know what any of that means. Um, <laughs> what This week, we are talking about baseball and comic books. So, Renee, I came up with a list of clever baseball-related intros, and the Black Sox uh, is the nickname for the, I believe, the 1919 Chicago White Sox who threw the World Series. It was a whole thing. There was a scandal in all the newspapers, and they were dubbed the Black Sox for their black, nefarious hearts. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay. I w- you had me worried for a second. Um, but yeah, it's a- <laughs> I feel better about that now. Um, my uh, my deeper cut would have been like Walter O'Malley's sworn enemy, which would have only made sense if you were a National League baseball fan in New York in the 1960s. But, you know, yeah, we didn't got that reference either. Um, <laughs> Very few base- people would have. <laughs> my baseball references are really specific to like baseball movies. <laughs> um, As they should be. You can. All right. I am not. I am by no means a sports person. But baseball has a special place in my heart because it's one of the few sports I can actually like understand and care about, partially because my brother played Little League. And if you watch enough Little League games as a youth, you just kind of get into it, I guess. Mm. And then in high school, my best friend at the time was obsessed with the Mets. So I like I know stuff about baseball, but there's nothing as quality as a good baseball sports movie. You just... They make me cry, Renee. <laughs> oh no, same. Uh, I love I love sports and I love sports movies. Honestly, I'm just currently waiting for the next great baseball movie. Um, like I, I think I mentioned this on Twitter before, but like I, I'm just waiting for it because I love I, a good baseball movie. I guess the most recent one you could argue is Moneyball. Like I think almost constantly about that scene where Chris Pratt's character finds out that he can play baseball again. Like. Oh, my heart. And Field of Dreams, forget about it. You want me to ugly cry? Mm. Don't put on Titanic. Put on Field of Dreams. Well, I mean, I would ugly cry Titanic, too, because he doesn't. But, <laughs> I was you know, say. Field of Dreams. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So why are we even talking about baseball in comic books? And I know, I know... People who read a lot of Marvel are going to say, oh, it's because the X-Men play all the time. But my question for you is why? Why? So, Renee, I have a thesis for you about why baseball is in comics. I did research. You already saw my notes. You're preemptively laughing. This is why Mike doesn't let us do shows together, because we're the two chaos agents. (laughs) We're not allowed to do shows like this. All right. So, first of all, since... I cannot assume and should not assume that all of our listeners are acquainted with the sport of baseball, America's pastime, as it were. So we're going to do a brief intro to the game of baseball. Stay with us because it becomes relevant for our fan casting of the X-Men later. And (laughs) Also, if it helps, just picture the Twilight um, scene, you know, while Kara's explaining. You see, this this sport is so relevant to understanding pop culture, all right? Everyone who says baseball is dying is wrong. All right, so baseball. (laughs) (laughs) It is, by definition, if played by vampires, undead. Okay, so in baseball, (laughs) baseball, the game, (laughs) get a grip, Renee. We got like nine innings. The game is divided. Not even five minutes in. Renee, (laughs) 
baseball the game is divided into nine innings where two teams face off against one another and you know you can go into extra innings if you're tied at the end of the ninth inning but which is ridiculous like why you give them eight more tries to beat you yeah because you know what do you want to do you want to do sudden death like goals like in soccer slash football like you could argue that both of those innings is a lot that's all i'm saying okay so anyways (laughs) two teams nine innings you play on a a baseball diamond with four bases there's a field behind it you can play with, if anyone's seen the Sandlot, you can really play in any kind of configuration of a of a square as long as you've got something that you can use for a base that you can stand on to be safe. You got your first base, second base, shortstop, third base in the infield. You got your pitcher throwing the ball. You got your catcher catching the ball. You got your three outfielders spaced out in the field behind the diamond to catch any balls that go that way. And if you're in the American League, you've got a designated hitter when you're up at bat, but we don't talk about that because the AL sucks. Sorry. That's just... <laughs> Wait, so is the AL like a division in the MLB or is it like MLB, separate? the Major League Baseball is divided into the American League and the National League. And so okay. the World Series is not, in fact, teams across the world playing together. It's just the winning team of the American League versus the winning team of the National League okay. facing off against one another. Because if there really was a World Series, the Dominican Republic would throttle everybody else (laughs) at this point. um, But currently, it's just America. Anyway, so um, even if you are not familiar with baseball, the game, you've probably heard, if you speak English, which I assume you do because you're listening to this podcast, the many baseball idioms that have filtered into American English, like, that came out of left field, or you struck out or that was a home run or what a curveball or very popular in the corporate tech worlds right now. Let's touch base on that. <laughs> like it, it goes, it goes on and on. So a brief baseball history overlapped with comic books. This is what Renee is so excited for. and so dreading. I got, I went full nerd on this episode because I want everyone to come away from this episode with the understanding that the, prevalence and importance of baseball as a sport in the new york city metropolitan area contributed to the existence of baseball in comic books and superhero comic books like when you think of baseball and comics you probably are thinking of the x-men because the x-men have played baseball like for funsies so many times in the comics that it's like kind of a joke like i was reading an article on I think it was Screen Rant saying like Chris Claremont only had the X-Men play baseball four times. And I was like, come on. <laughs> so, you know, it's enough of a thing where it feels like a thing that you're aware of, even if you've never actually seen the X-Men were play they, baseball. Were they mad that it was only four times? Were they like, come on, you got We got to up those numbers. Only four times. Only how, four dare, times. how dare you, Chris Claremont? All right. How do we so, know who's the best shortstop in the X Men <laughs> if we only have four baseball scenes in an entire run? <laughs> All right. So, brief history, because like, okay, so these things were kind of swirling together in the New York area at the same time in the first half of the 20th century. So. You got American baseball beginning with professional leagues in the late 1800s. 
same thing's going on in Japan, and I'm going to bring in Japan briefly because I know you're going to talk about some sports manga later. And, you know, the World Series starts in 1903 and becomes annual in 1905. I did not know those dates off the top of my head. I did look them up. Thank you, Wikipedia. Remember to donate. Um, in <laughs> 1920s, Japan's professional leagues are founded, and we start getting some game changes to American-style baseball playing, specifically with the Yankees and specifically with Babe Ruth. Now we're going to start getting into the Yankee names that you know, even if you're not familiar with baseball. These are some of the greatest athletes in the public consciousness of the 20th century. And like the 20s and 30s Yankee lineup was like totally legendary. And then like going into the 50s, you get people like Joe DiMaggio playing on that team. And then even though the Yankees are not my team, I have to talk about them because they have won a lot and they have developed the national consciousness for baseball a lot. And even if you don't know baseball, you know what a Yankee hat looks like, probably because of Jay-Z, but maybe also just because they're, they're such a winning team. So why are we talking about the Yankees? Because in this public consciousness, the Yankees are playing, the Brooklyn Dodgers are still in Brooklyn, the New York Giants are playing at this time. So you got three like famous baseball teams in New York City at the same time. And at this time, all almost all of the major comic book publishers are publishing out of New York. 1938, you get Superman. 1939, you get Batman. 1941, you got Archie, and they're up in Mamaroneck, but I'll give they were up in Mamaroneck, but I'll give it a I'll give them to New York because they were technically in New York City at the time of MLJ Comics creating Archie and then becoming Archie Comics later. Um then you got a, a little thing called World War Two. <laughs> yeah, tiny thing. <laughs> tiny thing called World War Two that kind of like put everything on hold for a while, like more important things going on. Come back from the war, 1947, Jackie Robinson is the first black player on a everyone else is white team on the Brooklyn Dodgers. So again, huge in the public consciousness. In the 50s and 60s Yankees, that's like Casey Stengel and Mickey Mantle. 1954 seduction of the innocent and the comics code authority comes out of it again all these things are happening like east coast affecting the new york publishers and who's publishing in new york around this time we've got mar we've got what will become marvel we've got dc we've got dell comics just like doing all the disney licensed comics and other licensed properties like hanna-barbera and the warner brothers you got your archie comics you got ec comics doing mad magazine you got Fawcett Comics doing the Captain Marvel stuff, not the Marvel Captain Marvel, the Captain Marvel that was the DC Captain Marvel, who's now Shazam, because comics. There's Quality Comics mm. doing Plastic Man and the Spirit. There's Harvey Comics doing Casper the Friendly Ghost and Richie Rich. I put Charlton Comics on this list, even though they were up in Connecticut by New Haven, because I'm like, yeah, that's close enough. <laughs> but like, <laughs> all of these things are happening at the same time. Then 1957. The Brooklyn Dodgers leave New York City for L.A. and the New York Giants leave New York City for San Francisco. It's a crushing blow for fans of the National League. That's why I threw in my Walter O'Malley reference up there because he was like, hey, guys, you want to come to the West Coast? Expand baseball to the West Coast? Leave New York? Leave New York for the West Coast? National League fans in New York devastated. 1961, Fantastic Four number one is printed. 1962, the New York Metropolitans, a.k.a. the New York Mets, are incorporated. 1963, Avengers number one, X-Men number one. Am I saying that the New York Mets should be included in 
the original lineup of Marvel Comics. No, but I'm just saying it's a suspicious coincidence that they all happened around the same time. <laughs> so I'm going to stop with my little timeline rattling off here because I did my little this is what happened in this order because for me, this clearly illustrates that around the time that all of these iconic properties were being created and built upon like all of these publishers were publishing in new york and new york is like i don't have all the historical data but it's a baseball town like there are other sports sure but baseball is still like the highest attended sport in the new york city area and i know like football's more important than that okay the giants and the jets play in new jersey all right so it's like not even <laughs> York played teams. So, um, if you were a comic publisher or like a comic artist creator working in the early slash mid twentieth century, you were in the New York area. You were influenced by this sports culture. This is my argument why there is so much baseball in comics because of this. This cauldron of things that were bubbling all at the same time um like i think it's i think it's um anecdotally pretty firm that if you're surrounded by this environment where even if you're not following baseball actively it's in the news it's what people around you are talking about it's going to maybe influence your writing and i have additional theories of why baseball makes such a good um scene setting for comic books um i think because of you know a lot of people complain about baseball saying that it's too slow and like i get it um my counterpoint is it's so nice to like sit and watch a baseball game and just like chill like by yourself or with friends you get a blue moon with a slice of orange in it that you paid too much for you get a hot dog, you get some popcorn, you're just vibing. It's summer. You left work early to go to the game. Like, you know? yeah, it's a solid six hours of just hanging out. <laughs> but like, you know, if you're writing a comic book and you need a setting in which like characters are doing something, but can still have a conversation or showcase their powers. Baseball's great oh, yeah, for, for that. Sure. Like you've for got sure. everyone spaced out so you can draw everyone clearly you have space to draw all like the speech bubbles and thought bubbles um there's space to have somebody dramatically catch a ball using their like stretchy powers or flying powers or whatever other powers you want to use if you're playing like basketball you're you're just running like you don't have time to have like a full-blown conversation um if you're playing football likewise like <laughs> Like baseball gives you like even when you're you're playing it, especially if you're playing it like for fun, if you're in the outfield, you can just like call out to the other outfielder. If you're a shortstop, you can just like edge closer to third base and like start chatting with the third baseman. Like there's opportunities for interaction here. So I've been <laughs> talking say, for Cara, a while. Let's <laughs> say, Kara, do you do you really need me for this episode? <laughs> I would love to hear your thoughts on what I have just laid out to the audience, Renee. I mean that in the nicest way. I mean, I'm riveted. Um, I could listen. I could listen to you talk talk about comics and baseball probably the rest of today. Um, I love them both so much, Renee. I, I, I mean, again, could I... I'm riveted. Like, actually, 
full on riveted. Yeah. Uh, I would. I was. I honestly think like this should just be an ongoing segment. Just Kara and baseball. <laughs> Kara baseball I mean, comics. I I could not tell you a single thing about baseball right now, except it looks like maybe the Mets don't suck, which is great. And I am afraid to think it because what if they start sucking now? We're getting into the postseason. It's too much for my heart. Yeah, Uncle Ben and uh, Pete would uh, be really excited if uh, they continue to be good. Queens. Yep. Um, Exactly. Yeah. The only thing I know about baseball is uh, I know about Shohei Otani because he plays for the Los Angeles Angels, which if I had a baseball team, it would be the Angels. Oh, um, because well, that- I because I, I, I grew, am originally from California and mm-hmm. we used to go to events at Angel Stadium um, back when we were in California. Now, never for a game, but for other events, because uh, well, because we were a part of a mega church. And so they did events in the uh, Angel Stadium. So we would go over there for that. Um mm-hmm. But so the angels and then angels in the outfield came out when I think I was like five or six. Oh, that that was definitely the first baseball movie that made me feel things like the part where they start like flapping their wings. Like I got goosebumps as a child. (laughs) I was like, why is this movie emotional? It's about sports. Yeah. And so like since since we were like, hey, we've been to that stadium and they're like, hey, we were like, hey, this is in. This is in uh, our, our neck of the woods, which it's like, you know how many movies are in that neck of the woods? But I was a child. So it was like it was that and it was the Pizza Hut commercial at the beginning of the Ninja Turtles movie. So that was my experience with baseball at the time. Um, <laughs> I can still probably sing that whole song if you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I am unfamiliar with the Ninja Turtles Pizza Hut commercial. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, it's all about sing playing right field. No, <laughs> but the thing is, like, sometimes I'll start singing it and my brothers will also start singing it along with us, which Perfect. is a hoot and a half. Um, my mom even sings it. That's how much we've watched that movie. So. Um, well, what is your thesis, Kara? My well, I, I, my thesis is baseball occurs in American comics with more frequency than other sports because it. Uh, because baseball was so central to the sports landscape in New York City for the majority of the 20th century. And baseball is a setting in which you can have conversations and draw um, the characters and interactions with more clarity than you could for other team sports where the action is either constantly moving or everyone's in close quarters. And like... You know, if you're like if if you were to like have random superheroes on their off time play a football game, like I guess it would have to be like flag football. It wouldn't be like real football because you wouldn't have to go get the equipment. Like I think the X Men play baseball with frequency. Like clearly, at some point, the the writers or artists were like baseball people, but um, it's like they're at a school in Westchester County. It's a fancy school. They probably have a baseball diamond. And even if they didn't, one of them probably has the superpowers needed to cut some grass off of the turf to make a little square that they can like (laughs) say, here's our baseball diamond. And now we're going to play. And then you need what a bat and a ball. Is it more equipment than soccer slash football? Sure. 
but only by a little I bit. I don't know about football. Football, you need all them pads. I'm saying uh, soccer are... slash football so oh, that I can okay. appease got you. the listeners got you, got you, got you. who say soccer is football. <laughs> For our American listeners, soccer is the one with one ball. <laughs> I've been reading a lot of, I've been rereading the Harry Potter books recently. So I've really just, my brain just wants to refer everything back to Quidditch. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> All right. So, um, so while I was doing my little like New York City timeline, um, I did like a few brief forays over into Japan because I knew that you had sports manga that you could talk about for this show. And I had no idea that baseball is the most popular sport in Japan. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's big. Not just Japan, but like uh, China also really loves baseball. I remember we learned that in school for some reason. Um, go school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like baseball is huge in Japan and in China. I don't know if it's big in Korea. Um, but yeah, it's pretty big out there, which it's, which, and like, there are so many manga that have, that are either like about baseball. And even if they're not, if they're like take place in a school, you know, for sure, you're going to get like a vacation chapter or vacation arc where you're going to get a mm -hmm. beach day and you're going to mm -hmm. get a baseball sports day equivalent mm -hmm. there's always going to be a scene for baseball especially is you're like oh this thing takes place at a school there's teenagers there's going to be a baseball scene so like when someone talks about like we should play something i bet it's baseball yep they're playing baseball <laughs> and like you know obviously tropes are going to trope but you know what it's really always fun to kind of see what the author is going to do with the baseball scene especially like if the series is kind of weird or even kind of plain where it's like hey this is clearly not what the rest of the series is about but we're gonna have some fun and like sometimes they take it super serious like honestly i love the baseball um the baseball arc in uh assassination classroom one that manga is wild but um the baseball arc in that is phenomenal because it's like it's equal it fits into the that world but it's also still very fun is it like a tone change from the rest of the story no no it's not but um it's very much in tandem but it's it, have you read any of assassination or know what assassination no, 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 no. Like, about? Uh, but i assume it's about a school of assassins it's sounding like deadly class but it's manga so it's only one class. So there's a there's a teacher that's like a monster slash like they I think they at the very beginning, they say it's an alien, but it's not. But there's this monster who's going to destroy the world in a year. And so they have they're at this elite school and there's this one classroom that like if you don't do well in any of your other classes, you get sent to this class that's like mm -hmm. up on the hill of this mountain that the school owns. And it's basically like the reject class. <laughs> Uh -huh. So it's like you have this reject class so that the rest of the school can like make fun of them and pick on them and be like, well, at least I'm not in the reject class, you Aww. know? Um, so the uh, monster that's going to destroy the world is like, uh, tells the Japanese government, look, I want to teach the reject class at this one specific school. And you'll also train them to like basically be assassins so that they can try to kill me before the end of the year. These are my stipulations <laughs> or I'm going to destroy the world right now. Wow. Um that's a very the, specific premise, Renee. 
this is the story uh, but it's a great it's a phenomenal manga it's one of my favorites um which so i feel baseball. like i say that about all of them but so there's a whole there there's like the sports festival right mm. and so the they have like all the classes are going to compete against each other and so they're going to like it's like the class one or whatever of their year is going to be playing the reject class in baseball. And this is also a big deal because one of the members of the rejected classroom used to be like the pitcher. And then like he started doing poorly in school and stuff like that. He wasn't doing great on the baseball team. So that's why he's in the reject class. Mm -hmm. So the rest of the class is like, this is big to sort of show like one that, you know, we're not going to let the other classes basically pick on us. We're going to start fighting back. But also we want to do this for our friend who used to be on the baseball team. And then the principal is also like, listen up, class one. You can't let the rejects beat you because they're inferior to you. So you need wow. to get – he like amps them up real bad to like crush them. Uh, so it's a big like thing. I feel like if you're a real life school principal and you tell your best academic students to brutally defeat your least well-performing academic students – in a brutal athletic competition that you would almost immediately get fired like as soon as oh, somebody man, it's figured a, out <laughs> it's a whole it's a whole arc it's a whole thing that series is wild also just remember that there's also a monster that is technically the like the teacher of like the reject class and they're trying to kill him the entire time about that that part i'm fine with i'm not fine with the principal trying to pit students <laughs> against one another it's a, it's a it's a wild it's a wild manga and like the baseball arc is so like it fits into it, but you're also like, yeah, they're just taking like a solid couple weeks out of the year where they have to destroy this monster. Cause they're like, you know, even with the, cause they start to love the teacher as well. Right. Um, so like the teacher's also like, all right, uh, I'm going to train you basically to beat this team. Cause it's also like they have, they're also like the mainly filled up with like the baseball people right. in class one. So it's yeah. wild. It's wild. We've got a little off topic here, but it's, it's the main yeah, no, point. Still with the baseball thing. Cause like my majority experience with baseball and comic books is naturally from Archie comics because <laughs> in, in Archie comics, I think the, I think the current like, um, what's the title? editor-in-chief mike pellerito i think he once said that there's only like five archie stories and they just keep rewriting them with different dressings <laughs> something like that um which like true but also not mad about it because like yeah you've got kids it's like you said with the the manga tropes it's like yeah you've got a group of kids in high school and they each have defined personalities like there are there is a limit to the amount of stories that you can do with those combinations mm. while still making it age appropriate um that said so um so archie has the publisher has done various uh versions of the um different sports that one could play at high school like if you start to think of the logistics of how um archie and reggie could possibly be on so many sports teams <laughs> And Reggie's still like the editor of the school paper and Archie's still like they're both playing in a band and everything. The logistics are mind boggling. But like, you know, when you're reading an Archie comic, you're just reading that one 
story of the kids in high school at that one moment in time and everything else is irrelevant so they've written like so many baseball stories and like so many football stories and so many tennis stories that each of these are collected in like digital only editions just devoted to that sport (laughs) like there's like over 200 pages of just archie and his friends playing baseball amazing So, I would just imagine every every Archie story is just like every single one is a different like dimension. So every even like in a single bound thing, like you're reading different universes in that one Archie comic. Did you Nothing's watch season ever six of Riverdale? I haven't seen <laughs> past episode eight of Riverdale. <laughs> okay, well, um, that's maybe not a mistake, but I, <laughs> I, I feel like you've. I feel like you would appreciate season six. Oh, no, or I, I the, remember, I remember you posting last, it in the chat for. <laughs> watch the last two episodes of Riverdale season six and nothing else, and come back and tell me what you think. Anyway, so, so the majority of my experience, so. <laughs> majority of my experience with these comics is like Archie stuff, but also these other slice of life comics. Like now we think of American comics mostly in the context of superhero comics, but. That's kind of a late 20th century development because the the slice of life comics uh, like the Archie stuff and Lil Jenks and Richie Rich and stuff like that um, and the the licensed comics like the Disney ones and the Hanna-Barbera ones and the Looney Tunes ones like those were far outselling superhero comics in in their heyday, um, which I think we forget very often. But it's like those comics that were doing more like here's something that an average kid might be doing because then they'll find it relatable when they read our comic book. So, you know, in Disney comics, they'd been be playing different sports like baseball. Um, I'm sure I could be hallucinating this, but I'm like definitely sure that, that Lil Jinx and Richie Rich and those characters have like played baseball at some point. Like, it's just, it was part of the fabric of being a kid at that point i think this was when everyone was still like kind of playing baseball as their childhood sport this before like the soccer complex took over (laughs) like the 90s for sure um Mm -hmm. but like when i think of baseball in american comics i think more of those slice of life ones which again i think relates more to like this like the school manga like you were saying or the Mm -hmm. sports the sports manga because i mean like our, our would you say that most sports manga, like are set in a high school setting, or is it like a mix depending on the sport? Um, it depends on the sport, but a lot of them are in high school because that's the demographic that most of the magazines are going for. A mm-hmm. couple of the martial arts ones will start in high school, or some of them like they are either already adults or they start in high school, but they leave to like go pursue this as a profession type thing. But Mm -hmm. for like um, baseball, basketball, um, soccer, a lot of them, the kids are younger. And I think that's because they're, you know, aiming at the younger demographic. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's kind of like that same thing of like, what are you realistically doing with your time when you're not in school or at home? And how can we make that like a relatable touch point in our storytelling for you mm-hmm. yeah um but uh you know now to the mutants at the heart of it all 
X X Men and baseball. Renee, have you ever actually read an X Men comic that has a baseball scene in it? I don't think a full comic, but um, a couple of the ones that I've read when I was younger, they would have like those pages at the very end that were supposed to be like an advertisement or something like that. So they had them doing random things. Like I remember there was one where they were at the beach mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Iceman was making ice cubes into like a glass or something like that. And that's like, adorable. See, you uh, said they were at the beach and I thought the Marvel swimsuit special, Renee. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I, was, I remember that like Nightcrawler uh, – teleported to go buy hot dogs and then he teleported back with two hot dogs to give to people um but it was just like it was like a a single page and so i remember there was one where they were playing baseball and it was like one where i think actually maybe nightcrawler because i i nightcrawler is my favorite x-men so uh if there was nightcrawler in that that's what i remember most so i think there was one where they're playing baseball and I think someone with super strength or whatever like knocks it up and it looks like it's going to be a home run and then Nightcrawler like teleports and catches it or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was, I remember like small things like that, but I don't think I read a whole issue where the X-Men were playing. Well, I don't think that they baseball. they did have it as a whole issue. I think it was like, here's a fun scene. Look, mm. they're not always saving the world. They're just kids yeah. at a school. Yeah, and and there's a couple of them where they're like in the background or something, kind of like in the first X Men movie where someone is playing basketball and they like teleport to pass it to themselves and they're like, "Hey, no powers." <laughs> um, like I've seen that like in the background of like an X Men comic, but uh, yeah, yeah, I can't I, think I can't that, remember a whole scene. Um, you know, I don't. <laughs> don't really read x-men comics like the <laughs> the full no like okay that first of all that's mike's job and second yeah, mike, of all mike will be devastated he'd be like <gasps> first of all that's mike's job second of all um it's like like the only x-men comic that i've actually read is age of apocalypse and anyone who's read that series is now just like laughing while yeah, definitely to this definitely show. no baseball in that series definitely uh, no baseball but what a different story it would have been if they just like had a break halfway through to be like (laughs) time for a game (laughs) apocalypse chooses first cyclops with the good hair changes second (laughs) yeah mr sinister's the umpire But okay, so but I was thinking about this because I was like, wait, I don't read X Men comics. Why do I associate the X Men with baseball? And I realized that because with like I think more frequency than any other superhero book, they have played baseball in various scenes over the years. Mm-hmm. That it's kind of like an unofficial X Men trope at this point. Like even I feel like even if you've never read an X-Men comic or an X-Men comic where they play baseball. Like if you've been on the comics internet po- long enough, you like kind of know that they play baseball sometimes. Yeah. And seriously, what's like when you picture X-Men in baseball, I always uh, picture uh Wolverine, you know, cigar in the mouth, wearing <laughs> uh, a white um, tank top, you know, in jeans being like, all right, you well, know, or it's my turn to bat type thing. Um, well, that's what I picture, right? X-Men baseball. Or like, he's like, he's like, all right, I'm hitting it out to you. You know, you catch it, throw it back, whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, I thought, I thought we'd round out this episode with our, with our own fan casting of an ultimate like X-Men oh team gosh. lineup for a baseball team. 
You know, now that I now that I think about it, it's kind of unfortunate that Avengers Academy kind of ended so quickly because like they could have mm-hmm. had like the Xavier School for gifted youngsters could have finally had someone to play um, if they had <laughs> a school of just team. themselves. <laughs> yeah, instead of just playing with the other like kids, they'd be like, you know, it'd be really cool if we could actually play another team full of superpowers, but unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, it'd like, be a big rivalry, like like you know, because uh, Spider Man taught at Avengers Academy for a hot second, so like uh-huh. he would be the coach, obviously, and you know, him and Wolverine would have some great banter as coaches. I want so. this so badly. If you're at Marvel and you're listening to this, please make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. um, I had to Google some of these some of these characters because I am not the expert. Oh. <laughs> you didn't. But, <laughs> sorry. Oh, no. I'm not sorry. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> so first of all, I've got like little notes about like what kind of characteristics you're ideally looking for in the different positions. And again, I say this as somebody who uh, was obsessed with the Mets from 2006 to 2008, but has not done any substantial baseball watching <laughs> since. So I did have to like just look up to make sure I was getting the like Cliff's Notes version of what the different baseball positions like require. And then we can like go from there. And I have suggestions. But if you have alternates, I'm willing to hear your thoughts, Renee. Man, I'm so far behind on X-Men books. I don't even know who's an X-Men anymore. Okay, uh... but like, but my understanding of the X-Men is from like a children's book version of the 92 Fox TV series. Like, Oh yeah. Same. In, <laughs> it, like in my mind, the X lineup is like storm Jubilee rogue gambit, Cyclops, Wolverine beast, yeah. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so, <laughs> you don't even have morph in there. Who morph. I, t- I never saw so, the show, Renee. I just had oh, the book. Oh, oh or, <laughs> no, wait, no, you know what? It wasn't even, I just remembered it wasn't even a book of the 92 series. It was like a book based off of like the 80s comics because Rogue had that really big hair. Anyway, so this is why I had to Google some characters. So first of all, first of all, all right, we've got um, we've got our pitcher. The pitcher is the player who throws the ball towards the person with the bat. So the person with the bat can hit the ball. And so we need somebody who can throw. So. Um, for your consideration, I've selected Gambit for this role because he can use his um, glowy stuff t- to throw things. So why the- not a why not a ball? That seems nefarious. Like the like the ball's gonna blow up when they hit it with the bat. Wait, is that what happens with his powers? Yeah, <laughs> it oh. explodes. He throws cars. He like he like puts it through. His, I thought he his just made staff. them glowy. No, they blow up. That's the whole a... point of them glowing is because they're going to explode. <laughs> I have a fundamental misunderstanding of Gambit's superpowers. Clearly. Okay, wait. Who can throw? Who can throw? <laughs> Renee, who can throw? I just thought they glow. <laughs> I thought it was like Jubilee or Dazzler. Can Dazzler throw? Should Dazzler be on this I was like, team? technically, doesn't Jubilee's, like, isn't her power, like, painful? Like she shoots fireworks at people and like that it hurts. I thought she just made fireworks shows for day. She's like Again. she's like shooting Roman candles at people from point blank range. <laughs> okay, Renee, who can throw then if not Gambit? Because we don't I, want the batsman to blow up. 
uh, I was gonna say, are we making one team, or are you making a team, and then I'm making a team? Well, I think we should make one team because my li- my knowledge is limited enough where this would be painful okay. if we drew drew it out for two rosters. Ultimate would, X team. I would throw out Havoc, even though he's a member of X Factor. Um, okay. But he was also a member on, on X-Men as well. But he's got that leadership, which you really want from your pitcher. You know, they're kind of like the ace. And even though, you know, Havoc, you know, his power is that he like, you know, shoots stuff out of his hand. I still think he would be a decent pitcher, I think. Okay. Personally. But um, I mean, it's better than than mine. I didn't I seriously did not realize Gambit blew things up. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure, right. Mike, I'm sure Mike's going to cringe at that because, uh, like, Gambit is also Mike's favorite X-Men. Uh, I, I am aware. This is why I'm like, oh, oh man. That's why I'm like, I'm like, you don't know Gambit's powers? Doesn't like, just... does Mike talk about it all the time? No. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, I've got Catcher. Um, the Catcher stands behind the batter to try to catch the ball that the pitcher is throwing. And a good catcher is an artist of framing the ball in their glove so it looks like a strike mm-hmm. every time even if it's clearly a ball and not counting towards the strike count um and you have to be comfortable squatting for long periods of time so i picked wolverine just because he's short and burly <laughs> could probably have words with the umpire if the umpire was trying to uh make a call in a way that he didn't appreciate interesting I don't know who would who would you have as catcher? Who's an artist and can squat? Don't uh, say I would Toad. Use, oh no, I would. Uh, I, I was originally thinking Toad, but I was like, I don't know if Toad's an X Men. Technically, he was part of the Brotherhood for a long time. I don't know if he ever switched. Uh, but I would actually do um, Eye Boy. Who on earth is that? So if you've ever heard Mike talk about um, like Wolverine and the X Men, and I think there was another spinoff where Jubilee's the uh, principal, I guess, of the Xavier School. So mm-hmm. there's this kid. Uh, who's got eyes all over his body. That's his mutant ability. He's just got, he's all eyes uh, all over his oh. body. Um, and he's called iBoy. Oh, I just wrote down iBoy like an iPod. Um, my bad. Let me correct no, that. Like, like, the, like the human eye. Uh, so he's just mm-hmm. got eyes. So I'm like, obviously he'd be the perfect catcher because he can see from all the different angles. So I would argue that iBoy would then be the ultimate umpire who should be like making the calls of whether that ball is in uh, or out. Yeah, I guess that's a good, that's a good call. All right, we'll give it to Toad, even though he's in the Brotherhood, because we need somebody <laughs> who can squat there. <laughs> right. yeah, especially if, if like, there's a foul ball or something, he's just, All right. you know. <laughs> um, then we go up to uh, Sorry, first base. Sorry, you had to see that. <laughs> go up to first base, which um, Wikipedia told me, and I did not realize this, that it is preferred to have a lefty on first base, because that way you can throw more easily towards the rest of of the field from where you're positioned. So I was like, well, I don't think we have a a list of which X-Men are left-handed, but you should be able to um, stretch so that you can reach out for um, players who are trying to get on first or trying to come back to first. If they're trying to, if they tried Mm. to steal second and then it didn't work. So I was like, all right, who can stretch? And then my brain went, Mr. Fantastic. And then went, Nope, they're not an X-Men. So I had to search for stretchy X-Men and I've never heard of any of these characters, but apparently stretchy X-Men include Mercury skin and Rubbermaid. So I would actually, I would, I would agree with skin and I completely forgot about skin. Yeah, I know about Skin because of um, Mutant X, a movie, a TV, a made-for-TV movie in the '90s Incredible. that had 
Skin and Mondo and this guy that was supposed to be Cyclops, but I think they changed his mm. powers a little bit. But mm. I just remember because Mondo's like, hey, give me some skin. And, you know, he grabs skin, skin and stretches it. But, like, that's Gross. the other thing was that, like, it hurts for skin, uh. at least in the movie. I don't know how, how it does in the comics, but I, mm. I, I agree with uh, with skin for uh, first base. All right, all right. We'll keep skin. We'll keep skin. Yeah. Um, I would also right. say maybe for uh, for to jump back for catcher, I'd say forge. I'm unfamiliar with Forge. What's Forge? He's, he's like a he's like a tech guy. You know, he's got like one leg or whatever. He speaks to machines, but he's used to like fixing all their crap. So I think he'd be a good catcher. You're right. You're right. It's a solid base. Um, second base. You're at the center of the infield. You got to be able to pivot. It was very, very clear, very clear in Wikipedia's explanation. You have to pivot, got to be able to go both ways. A, um, So I did some quick Googling and discovered <laughs> the X character Spiral, who has six arms and is apparently athletic. So I think very clear winner here. Spiral at the exact center of the action can catch and throw from any direction. Or so it is in my head canon. So uh, spirals up on second. Do you have an additional candidate who could pivot? I figured anybody who was an android, but then I remembered that androids aren't mutants. So that was probably probably wouldn't want a sentinel on second base. But, you know, I was like pivot, pivot. I don't know. I'm trying to think about all my Marvel metal cards that I had growing up that had like, you know, a trying to remember everyone's agility on the scale from one to seven. Um, I can't believe you don't have that just like tattooed on your arm, Renee. Like this is crucial information. We need to access. I don't think, I don't think you're, you're, you appreciate how many, how many Marvel metal cards there were. And also that that system has been just completely uh, changed. <laughs> I remember cause I was so mad because like I saw the, um, like I looked it up on like Marvel's website or whatever. And they changed the statistics because yeah, yeah. Spider-Man is no longer the intelligence of seven. And I was like, oh. excuse you, <laughs> excuse you. And they also brought down his strength too. And I was like, uh, that makes no sense. But that's not what we're talking about here. Um, that's very I, interesting I, though. All right, well, yeah. we, we can keep Spiral because I, I think, feel very strongly about her. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Spiral is good. I think anyone with a high athleticism is uh, a... Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I, I don't really have anyone for second base. So yeah, I'll go Spiral. Yeah, um, shortstop is kind of like uh, uh, sort of floating between second and third and so these the 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 three basemen and the shortstop kind of shift across the infield as needed depending on who's at bat but the shortstop um is basically like the unofficial captain of the infield like shortstop has uh priority over like calling a ball as it's falling to like try to catch it and um so when I saw like, oh, shortstop's like kind of the captain, I was like, boring to say Cyclops. Why bother? It's definitely Jean Grey. <laughs> this Jean Grey could use telepathy to like communicate with the other basemen oh. to be like, no, it's me. Or like, no, it's definitely you. Like, okay. you know, if you're yeah, trying to get information. Yeah. No, now now that I, uh, I didn't think of it that way that you could uh, tell like, you know, communicating telepathically to be like mine my ball you yeah. know i was thinking I mean, just like of base purely off of uh what i know about the shortstop from ace of the diamond i was going to go with beast because he's very athletic and he's also very intelligent so it's like knowing which you know based on the angle where that ball's going to bounce 
type getting thing. ahead of me. I had Beast at third, which is our next position. I had either Beast or Storm at third because third base is when you're trying to tag out people before they run home and can score a point for their team. So that's where the pressure's on. Like, you need to get your batter out on third base before they can score. So that person needs to be cool under pressure, be able to work with the team. And so I was like, who's chill? Who's like in control of their emotions and stuff? And I was like, Storm or Beast? I was like, no one in X-Men. No one is chill. <laughs> well, I don't know. Beast is like a, the nerd uh, one in the movies. So I figured. Yeah. I was, I was like, there's still a whole, there's still a hot panicky mess. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I need the one chill X-Men to be third base, Renee. Who is it? I was going to say, I would say Quentin Quire because he's such a uh, psychopath. That he would be like, what's the best way to get someone out before they get home? What is the best way I can torment this person? Oh, well, then maybe he should be the third base coach instead of the like, third that's, baseman. That's also, I haven't read anything with Quentin Quire in it in like eight years. So I don't know. I remember being like, how is this dude not a villain and how is he not dead yet? Um, <laughs> which I was like, okay, whatever. But I was like, I was like, if he's going to be around, use it. And they're going to keep using him to be like that sort of cool minded yet sadistic thing. I was like, that's a that sounds like third base to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we get into the outfield. We've got we've got three outfielders. Um, we got left, right and center. Uh, center is like kind of the biggest distinction from the other roles. Like if you're in the outfield, you've got a lot of territory to cover. you got to be able to throw. you got to be able to run. And there's like, you know, it's basically like the ball gets hit and if it comes out to you, you got to get it and throw it back into the bases where like the real fast action is happening. So it's like slightly chiller in the outfielder and outfield outfielders who are currently listening to this podcast are just like, fuck you. You got it wrong. You know what? <laughs> this is my like I read Wikipedia for 30 seconds <laughs> impression of what it's like to be an outfielder. All right. So if you're at center, you really have to be able to run, though, because you could go either left or right, depending on where the ball is falling. So I was like, all right, who are the X-Men who can run fast? And the Internet told me Quicks Quicksilver or North Star. OK, no? see, so I I'm going based entirely off of movies. Okay. So in all of the baseball movies, the outfielders, they run and then jump and do those, you know, crazy, you know, athletic dives or whatever. So sure. I was like, who who could reach a ball that's in an impossible way? Uh, so I went uh, Nightcrawler because he can teleport, mm -hmm. obviously. Okay. He's also very athletic if they're like, you can't teleport, uh, mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, I'm going to go with Angel because, again, he's very athletic. And also he can sprout them wings, catch a high ball, whatever. Sure, sure, um, sure. And then I would also say either Magic or Darwin. Because Magic know who very athletic. Uh, so Magic is uh, Colossus's sister. Okay. Uh, and I she's had Colossus she's in the outfield. She, she got Magic, uh, and she's also you know um, she's crazy athletic and super strong or whatever. So she can you know one get to the ball and then also throw it. And uh, I also said like you know if one of them. If they're like, oh, no powers, you can't use Angel because he's got wings. That's cheating. I was like, then just do Darwin. You know, he yeah. can adapt to uh, whatever. I went back and forth about should the outfielders be able to fly and or teleport because I was mm. originally thinking Angel. And then I thought, nah, let's leave everybody grounded. So my outfielders, I chose Jubilee partially because I love her and want her to have a spot on my roster. 
Um, and then I thought like, well, who could just like, who can throw and like be bored for a while while nothing's happening? And I was like, Jubilee seems like she could entertain herself pretty easily while she's waiting for a ball to come her way. And then my other outfielder, I had Colossus because I was like, I think Colossus would be okay with being bored for a while. He'd probably just be like, oh, look at that nice bird flying up ahead. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I wonder what's happening over at third. <laughs> is this, a, I do have to ask though, is this vampire Jubilee or is this regular Jubilee? Oh, that's right. She was a vampire for a hot minute. Or is she still a vampire? I think she's still a vampire. Does she also still have a kid or was that that one second? I'm getting the nod that that, or I'm getting the shake. She is not a vampire anymore. Oh, I mean, you know, that was a choice either way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, you know, we don't know when this baseball uh, game took place. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) pick a time. This this is happening in the... The in happier next... days, pre pre Kakoa uh, era or after, <laughs> it's taking place on the next page of the Archie comic in its own pocket dimension. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Good God, this is in comics! It could take place on the fucking moon if we wanted it to." Uh... X baseball <laughs> on the moon. I mean, okay, so we've got. I I, I feel good about this team. I feel good about this team. I feel like this team could take on the Avengers if they were playing, because you know the yeah. Avengers, you know Steve Rogers. Brooklyn boy from <laughs> from the 40s would be like guys we're gonna play baseball guys like it is yeah. it is so insane to me that Steve Rogers hasn't like created an Avengers baseball team before now like Seriously. it's right there Marvel you've got your Avengers baseball team you've got your X-Men baseball team this is the next AVX and you could probably get MLB to underwrite your whole project because they want more people to be watching baseball like For make sure. this happen not to mention they're all like based in New York. So like obviously you can have them be Yankees fans, Mets fans, what have you. Although I yeah. wonder who Captain America roots for because like he was obviously a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. He was a Brooklyn pre, Dodgers fan. Pre-ice. But like when so, he wakes up, they're I not would, in Brooklyn anymore. So he's I like – it was like who does – is he like, but it's the Dodgers. I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the Dodgers fans uh, ended up being Mets fans because that was the new National League team. So as a Mets fan, I would argue that Steve Rogers would be a Mets fan. (laughs) You know, what do I know? I don't think he'd tell anybody because he'd be like, no, I just don't want to. I just just realized you could do like a total like Civil War moment where there's like some X-Men that are Avengers, but they're like, nah, man, for the baseball, I got to go with the mutants. (laughs) And then you got people like like Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four that were like, oh, do we count as mutants or what? Oh. And they're like, we're just going to abstain. You know, we're not, we don't oh. got skin in this game. Oh, and then Ms. Marvel <laughs> wants to make an Inhumans baseball team, but there aren't enough of them. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Medusa's on second, y'all. She'll use her hair to pivot back and forth. <laughs> <sighs> Oh man! Well, Renee, thank you for uh, for joining me for this magical <laughs> baseball adventure. This is a perfect summer episode. Yeah, that was uh, that was incredible. So thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and thank thank you all for for joining us on this <laughs> on this journey. You can uh, follow us on Twitter, Renee. What's your handle? Is it at at Rodriguez? It's at Ro- Rodriguez twenty nine. Um, mm, I missed the number. Very uh, mid two thousands of you at Rodriguez no, twenty nine. Well, twenty nine was my sports number in high school. 
So. Oh, we brought it all back to baseball. Thank you, Renee. I know you yeah. didn't play baseball. It's irrelevant. <laughs> Let me go no, ahead. I didn't. I didn't actually. I didn't even learn how to uh, catch a baseball until I was like 16, 15, 16, because my brother joined his high school baseball team. He also didn't know how to throw. We're Latino. My dad was like, I don't know that shit. You're going to learn how to play <laughs> football like soccer. Uh, so uh which is why we never played baseball. And then my brother joined the baseball team just to have something to do. And then he was like, I need to learn how to, I need to like practice catching. So come out and play catch with me. And I didn't know how to do it. And he's whipping fastballs at me. And I'm like, I don't, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like crouching on the ground, holding the mitt in the air, (laughs) like in the sandlot, just being like, don't hit me. You can follow me on Twitter at Karasam. <laughs> you could follow the show at IRCV Podcast. Uh, we're also on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, TikTok. Renee's been making some absolutely amazing TikTok content for for that, so definitely check it out. This episode first aired on Patreon and is possible because of our wonderful patrons. Join today for exclusive series like IRCV Movie Club, Saga of Saga, and so much more. You can join now at patreon.com slash IRCV podcast. If you haven't already, please rate and review our show five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you know anybody at Marvel or the MLB, send them this show because our pitch is perfect. Seriously, if if we end up seeing a baseball game on the moon in an X-Men comic, we know what happened. <laughs> um... <laughs> join the IRCB Discord community to chat comics and more. Uh, you know, tell us your fantasy mutant or X-Men or Avengers baseball team. Uh, you know, do that with us in the community chat. Uh, plus, you can listen to all of our episodes live as we record every week as part of that uh, community. Uh, so check the link to our Discord in the show notes. Podcasts grow best when spread by word of mouth. So please tell your friends, family, local comic shop, and local Major League Baseball team about IRCB. <laughs> Infinity Shred is the best. They do our music. This podcast is edited by Xander. Oh, God, he's right behind you. (laughs) Thank you. And until next time, comics are good. And so are you. Now go watch a baseball movie and cry. <laughs> Read an X book while crying the field of dreams. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay, I'm stopping it. I'm stopping it. <laughs>